Welcome everyone to this week's episode of the Professional Book Nerds podcast. My name is Emma and we have some very special guests joining your regular co-host this week. We will be talking to some folks from Graphic Audio and I'm going to have them introduce themselves so they can explain what their roles are at the publisher. Welcome. Well, thank you. Thanks for having us. Um, I'm Angie Cornett. I'm Vice President and General Manager of Graphic Audio and I'm going to turn it over to Colleen. Hi, I'm Colleen Delaney, and I'm one of a bunch of us creative directors here at Graphic Audio. Welcome. Thank you so much. And so to give our listeners a little bit of background of how this episode came to be, I will preface this by saying I am a huge, huge fan of the graphic audio adaptations of audiobooks, and particularly um, the A Court of Thorns and Roses series. Uh, among other works, but that was the one that really, really got me into all things graphic audio and also into audiobooks in general. Uh, so huge thank you to graphic audio for that. Um, I will say my audiobook listenership has skyrocketed since I've discovered graphic awesome. audio. <laughs> That's wonderful to hear. We love that. Thank you. <laughs> And yeah, so, yeah, right we, on. We just reached out to see if you would be interested in sharing because I am a huge fan of the publisher and the things that you create and would love to spread the word about the things that you have available for people that maybe just don't even know that they exist. Um, and then also for people that maybe are looking for a way into audiobook listening. I know for me, it was always a little bit of a struggle and these were kind of the I don't know why it just, it clicked for me. These were like my entree into audiobooks. That's awesome. That's wonderful to hear. <laughs> That's what we're going for. That's great. <laughs> Expanding the audiobook listenership. That's what we want. Um, so that's wonderful. Um, so um, do you want me to talk a little bit about graphic audio in general? Yeah, we would love that. So if you can just tell our listeners what graphic audio is, if they're not familiar. So graphic audio, we do dramatized adaptations. So um, as opposed to typical unabridged um, single narrator, um, read to me uh, type of audiobooks, we actually dramatize it, um, slight abridgment of taking out he said, she says. You don't have to describe the storm rolling in or a battle happening. We will do that with music and sound effects to kind of move the story along in red shirts and a cast of wonderful voice out actors. Um, so um, we, we do a little bit of a different um, audio experience, audiobook experience, and it's a little bit more immersive. So we always kind of, I know sometimes uh, librarians, why would I want to have a graphic audio version when I already have this in the unabridged single voice? It's because we're a totally different experience. And it's just exactly because what you said, Emma, it's a different experience that drew you into sort of saying, well, let me check out this. And oh, wow, I do actually like audiobooks. That's exactly the right thing. Wonderful. And so that actually leads me a little bit into my next question, um, which you mostly answered. And just explaining to listeners, you know, the difference between kind of the standard unabridged audiobook experience versus the graphic audio production where you said it is, I love your tagline, a movie for your mind, uh, where it really is an immersive experience. And so that includes things like sound effects and music and more than one narrator. And it's just, a, again, it's just a different experience. And I think my struggles with audiobooks 
previous to this were really just because if I didn't click with a narrator right away, I had a hard time listening to it. And I think with the graphic audio productions, they're already, in my opinion, a little bit that like next level. So that intrigued me and it was all the different voice actors and and so on. So I'm curious if you can let our listeners know all of the different ways that they can listen to the offerings from graphic audio. So obviously we're available um, through the library system, um, Overdrive. Um, you're available on other apps too. But we're available everywhere. We also, uh, we have, we're on Audible, we're on Spotify, we're on Storytel, we're on Apple, we're on Google. So any place audiobooks are sold, our titles are available. Um, we also have uh, our own website. Uh, it's graphicaudio.net. Um, and if you're looking for more information about what kind of titles we have and more specifics on the titles and the authors that we have, um, we have that all available um, at graphicaudio.net. Um, and so everywhere, anywhere audiobooks are available, we are. <laughs> so I'm I'm going to hop in. Joe's here too, y'all. Uh, <laughs> I am the, like, I think probably stalwart audiobook lover of the group. I'm the one who's always like, Emma, come on, you got to love one. You, you got to get there. But truly the way that graphic audio has changed, honestly, that I've watched Emma go like, oh, I'm listening to this now. Like, this is what's happening. And then it's, oh, I think I'll try just listening to this normal audiobook with th this one. Uh, what inspired you to create like, graphic audio? What inspired you to to truly dramatize? Because it's it is beautiful. As the person who does just like straight listen, every time I pick up a graphic audio, I'm like, no, it, it's time to have some fun now. So what inspired this, this offering? Honestly, it was our previous owners. Um, they, you know, they was a mom and pop shop for many years. And then, you know, in 2020, we were acquired by recorded books, which has been great. But our previous owners, it was his vision, uh, it was Mr. and Mrs. Cutting. It was Mr. Cutting's vision to not do just a straight read audiobook, but to give people an immersive experience. Um, he had had an ex you know had experience doing um, the Fisher Price, uh, the yellow cassette player that was um, when people were kids. You guys might be a little bit too young for that, but <laughs> the little yellow cassette player. There used to be they called it the software, the cassettes that went with it. Those were all of their creations, and they were all dramatized. Wizard of Oz, Tom Sawyer. So they had had experience doing this years ago. And so, um, you know, actually this is our 18 year anniversary, the Rapid Audio is 18 years, yay, anniversary. Um, so we launched 18 years ago and with the same idea, except, you know, we, ha we had modified the experience. So there's a narrator telling you whether it's in first person or third person walking you through the story, but instead of just sort of kind of hearing things that could be done in audio, we did it all just dramatizing with audio and the full cast and everything. So just amazing. And we were very, very, I will just say we were very, very blessed. It was extremely talented you know, cast and crew, including Colleen, amazing people to work with. Very creative, very, very talented people in their own right. So that's amazing. It's so interesting how that all came to be because I do think the audiobook experience is such a wonderful offering, you know, for people looking to access, you know, content in a variety of ways that, I, and this is just so, it's so innovative to me to, to have, you know, this next level experience to listen to stories. 
I think it's wonderful. And I will be a little bit of a nerd and fan at you, Colleen, because when it was suggested that you could be on this episode to talk about the process for A Court of Thorns and Roses, I actually squealed aloud at my desk um, <laughs> at the prospect of, of being able to just speak with someone who had a huge part in these audiobooks that I'm just absolutely in love with. I'm a, I'm, yeah, I'm not articulating uh, very well, but the, to the point where the moment I was able to listen to the various parts of the A Court of Thorns and Roses series as you guys are releasing them, I'm so thrilled to be able to ask you some questions. And so using A Court of Thorns and Roses as an example, I'm wondering if you could take us through the process of how this even comes to be, like, where do you even start? Sure. Well, once we have a book, um, I am given just the, 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 the entire text of the book as you would, you know, the, the, the whole thing cover to cover. And um, I just begin by reading it and sort of taking out the he saids and she saids and putting like, Feyre, colon, quotation, you know? And um, so I become familiar with the story and I adapt it, uh, you know, I take several passes at it. Uh, to make it as lean as possible, not taking out any of the uh, plot lines or characters per se, but just as Angie alluded to, um, we don't need to, you know, if, if we can let the sound effect tell you that someone opened the door and crossed the room, that would be a more immersive experience than the narrator telling you, this is what you're hearing. And uh, some of the stuff I really love to take out is um, the sort of uh, acting directions because our actors are so skilled that just with an inflection or a pause, you can take out uh, adjectives, even you know sometimes people's reactions, just like a, a gasp or a anything. So, so it's, it's like, um, you know, trying to take it down to almost a poetic level at some places, you know, to be as fair as possible. Um, but still, still retaining the author's voice, right? So you still, um, it, it definitely has the feel of the original book, the words. And, and so when the adaptation is ready uh, to produce, then I get to cast it um, for, uh, most of my tenure with graphic audio, I just got to take my pick in the candy box of who I wanted to use because we have such a, a, a strong roster of actors. We're just spoiled for choice. But in the case of, you know, a big pro high profile project like this, we definitely took our time with the lead characters and had people audition so that we could really, you know, hear them in the material, perhaps hear them with one another. Um, and so once, uh, and, and also, you know, in a case of something with adult material like this, I need to make sure that the actors are ready. Like, you know, if you're going to play Feyre or Resand or some of the other characters, I need to make sure that they're okay with the mature content. Are you okay portraying, you know, a scene of sexual intimacy? So we get everybody on board with what the project is. And then, um, then uh, we record them. It is impractical to get everyone together. So I get to play everyone else for everyone else <laughs> in session. So if, 
you know, if uh, the actor playing Resand is in session, then I get to play all the other characters he's interacting with and so on. So the uh, once we get those sound files, we, you know, can edit them down to just the right take, just the right timing. And then everything goes forward to our amazing team of audio engineers. So the script includes a lot of instruction for them in terms of, um, you know, uh, uh, I, I, it, may, it may not just say like a doorbell rings, but like, I want this jingly jingly kind, you know, <laughs> I try to get as specific as possible. Um, if they're in a car, what kind of car is it? If it's, you know, a wind, is it a breeze or is it a gust? Or So there's, there's um, lots of notes for the sound designer to try and share my headspace for how I sort of orally see it, so to speak, or hear it, I guess. And um, so uh, the designer puts everything together with all the notes and the sound effects. They choose scoring. I don't usually, myself, I don't usually get too deep into, I'm, I, I would certainly say, I, I think this is the feel of the music we're looking for in this series. Uh, here are some examples of some sound beds that would be in the vein that, you know, feels right. And then from there, they can use their creativity uh, because, again, I can't stress how important these sound designers are. It's, it's, a, it's a, a very tight co-creation between each director and their sound designer or sound design team. And then I get to listen to it and give them notes and they change, you know, take the notes and then we take it to market. That sounds so creatively fulfilling just from like, I can't even pick one piece, but you are in such a unique position, Colleen, where you're basically kind of translating this book into an experience. It's, it's very similar to a screenwriter, of course, I'm curious of like how you got into this this line of work. How, what what brought you to to kind of translating this way? And then also on the flip side, I, I would love to know about in interaction with the author in the process as well. So first, please, how did you get into? <laughs> how did you get into this? And, and because of course the listeners can't see you, but the the passion on your face as you talk about all of this it just makes me so happy because you can tell that that there is a genuine love to what you do and you're so involved with so many components of of the work so if you don't mind <laughs> not at all thank you um so the background i bring to this is a deep experience acting on stage and uh back when i was unmarried and not a mother that was the center of my career. And on the side was audiobook narration. I did uh, some conventional audiobooks, and, um, and, you know, the company as it existed then had me do some romances and stuff. And, and as the company came along, I started being an, a voice actor for graphic audio. And then uh, happily, when it came time for me to pivot my career to something that was more predictable, and stable and salaried. <laughs> um, uh, graphic audio needed uh, to expand their um, their directing staff. So just a real win-win all the way around there. I was already really familiar with the product. 
although I had never before been um, like an acting teacher or a director, I was able to come along and find my voice as a director because I knew the product. I knew what sounded good. And eventually I learned, you know, tools to be able to communicate it to the actors and to the engineers. Um, so that's, that's how I came at it. And yeah. uh, what was your, I'm forgetting the second part. Uh, of course. But I mean, ju- just on that alone, I mean, you are clearly an expert. You took your your situation of just like okay i'm i'm ready for some stability but all those years of being an actor it it shows that like when someone knows how they'd want to be treated they treat others the same way and that's that's beautiful i'm i'm so excited to hear your to hear your story on that um the flip side of that is do you engage with the author at all in the process you're so involved with kind of this is the doorbell I envision. Uh, this is the the way that the wind is blowing through the car, kind of all of that, as you said. Are you also there when the author takes a, a listen to this kind of production? Or are they involved? Are they involved at any point? Or is this more of just kind of like a, sure, turn this into graphic audio? Yeah, so uh, again, for uh, a lot of the earlier years of my tenure as a director, um, I was just given entirely free reign the authors were not as high profile necessarily, or the, 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 the fan base wasn't as enormous. And so, uh, you know, w- w- as we grew and, you know, the, the properties we acquired became bigger from, you know, we began to interact more with an author and their team. So, you know, we definitely don't want any unpleasant surprises for the authors or the fans particularly when there's such a strong, gosh, you know, there's like as many readers, there's that many imaginations as to what this could or should sound like. Um, And, you know, the people who are going to have the best sense of that is the author and their team. So, uh, you know, in this case, we definitely would check in with them on the script, check in with them on this and that, you know, make sure, for example, with the music and, and stuff like, just check-ins here and there. And then of course they would hear the the product before we take it to market. And it's been so, so helpful because, you know, there's times when I don't quite have it right. And, Mm -hmm. and to have that, that confidence that someone who is more, you know, has been with the material longer and is more intimate with how the fans feel about this or that, to have that assurance that like, you know, the stamp of approval is there has been um, a real power up for us getting it to a place where it is now. Totally. And I do love hearing though, that it is still kind of like, no, we trust you. This is what you're creating. Yes. Check in for vision, but we want to, I love that balance of we are creating a product. You should trust us to create our beautiful masterpieces, but we will let you listen to it. We don't want anyone to be surprised ahead of time. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah, I think for me, what I've loved listening to is just how thoughtful you are with these productions. I think, you know, as someone who has listened to audiobooks a lot over the years and maybe accident and like has accidentally checked out an abridged version, you do lose something like that. But that's not what you're doing, which I love so much. You're very thoughtful and you're very careful about the choices and decisions to what you're doing to make sure that nothing gets lost in these productions. And I'm so curious, like from start to finish, from like you getting that manuscript, Colleen, and like 
reading it through to going to market? Like how long does the entire production of a graphic audio work take? Like just roughly an average, I'm sure it depends on the length of the book and all of that, but just sort of how long does it take? Well, let's see. I usually take about three, there's usually about three weeks for each stage of the process, give or take. Let me think, three weeks for adapting, three weeks for recording, and then maybe a little longer for post-production. So uh, all in all, what did I say? Like three months? About three months. And Jill, I'm so... I'm so grateful that you pointed out uh, that the, the nature of our sort of so-called abridgments and, and, and that to you it hasn't been off-putting because I think, you know, um, some packaging comes with the wording abridged and it's like so not what people are fearing. So I, I'm really grateful to you for pointing that out. Yeah, I think that's so important because I, again, like you're not you're not really removing anything. You're just sort of presenting it in a different way. So the full story is still in these productions. It's just not, you know, just a narrator reading words. It's it's all still there. So it's it's not abridged in the kind of traditional sense that I think people think of. And so, I, yeah, it's important that they know that. And three months is way shorter than I would have anticipated you giving me an answer. <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting, but it was not three months. <laughs> Same. Three months. Yeah. Uh, especially thinking of post-production. Uh, wow. I, I mean, adapting alone probably would take me three months. Oh, yeah, I think even more impressive that these these productions are... I, I don't know what I was expecting either in terms of your turnaround time, but that's incredible that 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 amount of work is completed You know, in three months and you guys are producing these gorgeous productions and parts to, I mean, in this case, in the Court of Thorns and Roses series, certainly a series that has a a large amount of fans, I think. And like you said, they might have certain expectations. But to Jill's point, as somebody who's read all of the books multiple times, I listened to the original audiobooks at one point as well. And I can say these are my absolute favorite way to experience this series. And there is nothing missing from the series if that's what people are are worried about in listening to the to this type of production from the music that you choose to the in the background to the sound effects like there is absolutely nothing you know that's that's absent in my mind from the graphic audio productions I literally cannot speak highly enough about these these ones in particular I mean there are so many wonderful productions uh, that graphic audio does which we'll, we'll ask you about momentarily but I'm interested to know if you have, if for the Sarah J. Moss ones, for example, that those normally come out in parts. Um, is that normal for a lot of the other graphic audio productions where you kind of have them split up into parts because of the production process? Or are there some that kind of come out all in one or does it vary? It varies, but most of these longer productions that are really long, we, you know, because the big fantasy worlds, you've got really long, but we have to break them up. And, but we do have books that just come out one. If it's, it ends up around six, seven hours for us, it's perfect. And just leave it intact. That's amazing. And I don't know if you can speak to this or not, but I'm curious to know if you'll have any more Sarah J. Moss stuff coming particularly a court of silver flames. <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> I'm so excited. 
maybe we're doing the entire uh, Akatar series. Traffic Island, yeah, license the whole. Whole oh. kit and caboodle. So you're getting the whole thing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Listeners can't see my face. My jaw just dropped. I'm so <laughs> excited. Yes. So lots more coming and there's some others, but not quite ready to announce it yet, but I got another big one coming. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So keep an eye out. I'm saying that to myself because I'll be yeah. refreshing your website now <laughs> every week. <laughs> That's incredible. Spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney. Make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusion supply. See store or jcp.com for details. We are gathered here today to give you permission to plan the wedding that you want. I'm Jessica Bishop. And I'm Sari Wienerman. And we're the hosts of the Bouquet Toss podcast. Today's couples have to juggle so many things from family expectations to outdated traditions and what's currently trending. So to make it easier, we're going deep to figure out why we do weddings the way that we do. So you can decide what to keep and what to toss from your wedding day plans. You are cordially invited to subscribe to The Bouquet Toss wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcast.com. By the power vested in us, we pronounce you free to plan your day your way. I'm sorry. I'm like, need to recover from that news. (laughs) I was going to say, you've made Emma's week, uh, maybe longer, and she'll now need a moment. (laughs) But uh, so on kind of the, the larger end, do you have any specific kind of audiobooks you like to produce or like key authors, key genres that you tend to target? Um, yeah, I mean, we love doing fantasy and um, we, we do some sci-fi. We do sci-fi as well. Um, believe it or not, we do a lot of Westerns. We have a, a lot of Westerns in our catalog fully, you know, dramatized, dramatized adaptations. Um, we do... Um, we have one, we have a couple of our own series that are now original IP. Um, we have one that is vast, it's called Deathlands. Um, and, uh, you know, I, there's announcements coming out about that too, but it's, it's, it's a series that we actually have 148 episodes and we're writing more. Um, so people get hooked on it and it's, they're just like, wow, and then they want to listen to the rest of it. We have this, um, that one's sort of like, Mad Max Road Warrior meets um, The Walking Dead. <laughs> and then we have something called Rogue Angel. And she is like Lara Croft Tomb Raider meets um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And she gets to magically wield Joan of Arc's sword when she needs it. <laughs> and she's an archaeologist on digs all over the world. And there's always a mystery. And we're up to book 61 on that. So, yeah, so we have our own series as well. We're excited about that. And then um, we are excited to announce that we're going to be um, releasing Brandon Sanderson's The Lost Medal. So we have, if you're a fan of Brandon Sanderson, we have the entire, this will be the entire Miss Scorn series in graphic audio. Um, we also have done Elantris, Warbreaker, um, and um, one of his graphic novels, The White Sand. Um, we have that in graphic audio. We also do the Stormlight Archive in graphic audio. And so we've done a lot of that. Um, and uh, we've got we recently just signed on uh, KF Breen. We're doing her uh, Dark uh, Demon Days Vampire Night 
um, J, uh, Harbinger Trilogy by J, uh, Jennifer L. Armentrout. We're going to be releasing her early next year. You're excited about that. Um, <laughs> I was looking at her face. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, we've got, um, I've got more goodies. Oh, The Night Huntress by Janine Frost. And um, we just finished doing a wonderful version of uh, The Innkeeper uh, with uh, our, our creative director, Nora Shradi, did an amazing job with that. And she is going to be going on to doing um, Kate Daniels. So we're gonna get to do Kate Daniels next year. So we're excited about that. <laughs> um, so yeah, so you can see we, we have an affinity to paranormal romance. Um, Colleen has done these wonderful productions uh, by Devin Monk called Ordinary Magic. So if you're into like Gilmore Girls in sort of a magical setting, out in Ordinary, Oregon. Oh, I love this series. It's so good. And Colleen does an amazing job. She actually married like the main character, the ladies. I love that. I can't stop listening to it. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so we have that. So we have, you can see, we, we kind of spread from, you know, the, the, the genres, all kinds of fantasy, but like paranormal romance is a nice breakout for us. Um, and we, uh, as you can see, are working with a lot of these wonderful ladies, Shannon Mayer, Riley Adamson series, um, the Elemental series, so we've got a lot going on. That's so exciting, and it's it's nice to have that that variety, but also that like it's a it's a great way to to tackle a di like different types of series. We often recommend that if you're struggling to get through a book, maybe try the audio. But then if you want to branch out into a different genre, something like graphic audio is a great way to do it because you can change the overall experience. Yeah, and just to plug as well, like what I love. And I think as somebody who, again, was sort of hesitant or just kind of struggled with audiobooks for a while is that a lot of the wonderful parts, you know, of these that you release are kind of in, for me, I found that sweet spot of like six or seven hours. So I feel like I can listen to a full piece in what feels like a doable amount of time, you know, particularly if I'm borrowing it from my library and my, you know, kind of lending period is two or three weeks. Yeah. I, I tend to listen to audio, you know, in very specific times. Like I have a hard time multitasking with it. So that kind of leaves my options for listening to audio to like my commute or anytime I'm driving, um, you know, and if I have a free moment, I have a small child, so that's not, uh, often, but so I could still get a good amount of listening in, in 20 minute increments and, and make progress on my audiobook. And then kind of, I've been flying through the parts of this series because they're sort of an approachable for me amounts of time. You know, there's some audiobooks that are like 40 hours. Oh, I, I personally look at those and I go, I'm, I can't get that done. Me too. <laughs> I was like, me nervous, but I see that many hours. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I, and, and that I, unless I'm listening to it while I work and while I do other things, like I, if I look at an audiobook, which I'm like, Oh, I'm not gonna be able to get to that or I'm not gonna be able to do it. So that's what I love as well. Like that these productions for me, that approachable amount of time where I, I feel like I'm still able to make progress and I don't get discouraged that like, Oh, I have 30 more hours <laughs> left of this audiobook. I'm not going to get to it. Um, and so I, and, you know, then I also feel a little bit accomplished as well when I'm like, oh, I've listened to this part and this part, and we're moving right on through them. I just, I really, truly can't obsess about these enough to you both. I'm very excited 
to have other people listen as well. And I will give a shout out to one of our colleagues. She was struggling with reading the Court of Thorns and Roses series. And I said, why don't you give this a try? Give the graphic audio version a try. Give it a listen. And she listened to all of the parts like that were out at that time in a week. Like she just flew, <laughs> wow. she just flew through them and she was like, I've never been. Um, so she flew through them. She's like, this is what I needed to get into this series. I don't want to read it. I just want to listen to the graphic audio. That's and it's awesome. funny. Um, we were talking last week. She's listening to them again. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's the thing as well as I think people that find them and love them are also going to be repeat listeners. So myself included, I have listened to these parts tw- twice since they came out this year. So (laughs) thank you for providing the background noise uh, to the last several months. It's been fantastic. It's been absolutely fantastic. I still can't believe that these these things uh, don't really take longer than three months. I'm so grateful that you point that out. Uh, You know, the fans get so invested and so passionate that, you know, it, it's it's frustrating to hear back from them, like, where's the next card coming out? It's not happening fast enough. And I'm like, darling, love takes time. <laughs> I, and for me, that seemed, the, with the rate of release, because I had looked ahead to the, like, the next couple of release dates, I was like, wow, that's quick. So I understand the anticipation of, of waiting for the next part. But I also am in awe that, that it's, they're produced in my mind, that's quite rapid for something that feels it's a huge production, you know, and you have the, the people walking on, you know, up the steps and you have all the background noise and the music and the, all the different narration. I still can't believe that, that you've produced so many of them and what in my mind feels like a short time, especially with publishing, you know, we're not getting any new books in that amount of time. Um, And so that's a pretty quick turnaround to have such a, a large production kind of thinking about the sound effects, can either of you kind of speak on the post-production process, like what it's like to add in audio effects and how do you decide what gets a sound versus what gets music? Ah, so there are times when um, like a, a paragraph or three of narration has way too much going on in it to be able to like make it real-time storytelling. So then we drop into what we call narration neverland. So it gets, you know, the narrator speaks and we give it some scoring to, you know, guide your emotions along. Not like you really need it, but it, it, it does help cover all the yammer yammer. But as much as possible, you know, we break everything out into real time. Obviously, you know, a backstory, that's obviously narration neverland. But I do give myself a break every now and again when it's like, I couldn't possibly give you every piece of this moment by moment storytelling. It would, um, it would just not be possible. And then it gets really interesting with um, high action stuff because there will be times when the narrator has a lot to tell you when things are moving in experience in the story quite quickly. <laughs> so we do things like, you know, we'll stretch things out or like dip out of the moment to like, you know, let's do a moment, uh, let's take this next section and put some scoring under it so we're not thrown off by like, how is it that that hasn't, like the impact hasn't happened yet, you know? So we we try some, some, you know, tricks and hacks to keep the listener in the story because if you're wondering 
you ever wonder what, why a choice was made, then you're out of the story. So we, we try very hard to make it a, you know, a, a, an easy boat ride. Right. It's, it's a lot of attention to pacing and, right. and kind of keeping people focused, attentive. It is, it is fascinating to think of like, yeah, there are just full narration moments. There are, especially when you're looking at like sci-fi fantasy, you're going to have a lot of battle scenes to kind of deal with. And yeah, yeah, that those are some, those are some interesting challenges to have to navigate in a world of, you know, kind of, of your own. I'm, I'm still just fascinated by when you called out like a doorbell earlier, Mm-hmm. How how do you how do you think of which is the the right doorbell? How do you think of what sound effect is the the perfect sound effect for the moment? Just to, just in any example. Mm. Yeah, well, often the authors are really specific to begin with, mm-hmm. and you know when I'm taking out the narrator describing the quality of that sound, I need to then push that information forward to the designer so they mm-hmm. can get it just right. And uh, when you're in a world like this world of Akatar, although it is strictly fantasy, feels renaissance European-ish. So, you know, I take my cues from that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, I, you know I'm, I'm struggling to think of a specific example, but often the, narr- the author has already been specific. And I just need to honor what they've put down to begin with. And otherwise, it's just following the cues of the world as it's been established. If it's total fantasy, well, then you come up with some differences of opinion, don't you? Yeah, that's got to be tricky. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm wondering sort of on that and the sound effects, do you use Foley artists for that element or... Um, like people actually like practically making those sounds or is there a different way to insert those sounds? We have uh, an enormous library that we rely on. Very rarely do we create new Foley for something. Although I have, uh, sometimes uh, it just, what's what's in our catalog just doesn't capture the quality of what I was hoping for or it's... Um, you know, it might be uh, like a. Hmm, I'm trying to think of what it could be. I mean, I know in the past I've I've uh, I've created, I've captured some like water sounds. Sometimes, you know, it's like a, a cup of water splashing is very different from a bathtub. Is very different from a pool. Is very different from a bowl. So sometimes I'm like, I, I, I'm just so frustrated. I'm going to just record this for you. <laughs> Or, 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 you know, I'm going to record myself frying an egg in the kitchen because I'm not satisfied with what we have very rarely, but occasionally it feels important enough and specific enough to try and, um, you know, capture some actual Foley for what's wanted on the page. Yeah, no, that makes sense that you would have a huge back catalog of, of various sounds that you can pull from. But yeah, I can see just you have something again, like you're so thoughtful about these productions. I imagine you do have like a very... I could see how you'd have like a very specific sound in your mind of of what you want it to sound like. And even within like a huge catalog, you're like, just not, just not quite right. And then, yeah, you'd maybe need to record on your own. That makes, that makes yeah. perfect sense. There's a super fun collection that we've used a, a bit. Uh, 
that is people doing violent things with vegetables and, you know, like smashing a melon or like breaking apart like some crispy vegetables can sound like human body damage when you don't actually want to capture that fully. Yes. I follow some Foley artists on TikTok and I, I have seen them record and it does like, and especially if in this context, there's an, that there's context within the scene that sort of helps them. They don't necessarily know that you're smashing a watermelon with a bat because that's not the context that is provided within the the storyline. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I just still can't get over the amount of detail and thought that goes into every production. It's so incredible that just that that every single piece, you know, that you're hearing from the sound effects to the music to even, you know, the voice actors that you've selected is thought through to create these things. I just can't get over how wonderful it, it is what graphic audio does. And I I would love to know a little bit about what the process is like for, you know, acquiring these titles to do the graphic audio productions, because in my mind, I don't know if everyone would agree with this. I would love a graphic audio production for all, like tons and tons of books that I uh, love and adore. Um, but what's that process like, you know, to to get these adaptations or, or these productions for different series or different authors? Um, it depends. I mean, we have relationships with literary agents, um, certain publishers that are willing um, to, to have a second version. You know, it's taken a while for people to understand um, and one thing I will say is, you know, I think uh, a lot of people don't understand thinking, oh, this is going to you know, infringe upon my unabridged audiobook sales. And we actually have done some research on that. And that is not true. We actually, you know, our parent company, Recruit Books, actually um, does the unabridged version of Akatar. And we actually, by selling them uh, alongside each other, actually call more attention to the series and they actually do very, very well. Um, and so it's, you know, we actually help the awareness of the whole series. So um, we found that with various series where we've you know, done that with Michael J. Sullivan's uh, Raya, um, the, the Legends of the First Empire, same. Um, uh, Colleen plays a wonderful character in that book. <laughs> um, anyway, um, so yeah, it, it depends on who it is and, you know, if it, it makes sense to talk to whoever the agent, the author or um, the publisher and if they're, they see our vision, they understand that we're not going to hurt their film and TV rights. In fact, we just did a deal with um, Pierce Brown for the Red Rising series and he has got um, an Deal. So, you know, it, and, and as you guys know, uh, Akatar has a Hulu deal. And so people have understood we, uh, when we licensed the boys, they had already just, they were at the same time doing the prime deal, two different deals. Uh, we don't infringe on either one of uh, the rights. And um, so, we, you know, get the blessing to go do, do this. So it's a variety of sources, or a variety. I <laughs> That's amazing. And I think it's important what you said for for folks to understand. And hopefully as, you know, people learn about graphic audio and what they do, they understand that this is just a different product is a different avenue. It's a different way to consume this content. And so I think that that's amazing because it doesn't, in my mind, detract from, 
you know, the, the unabridged audiobooks that A Court of Thorns and Roses has, it's just a different way to consume the content. And I personally love when I love, I mean, when I love something, I obviously go full tilt into it. And so that's like any avenue that I can have to access that, uh, we're going to check that box. And so having the audiobooks, having the physical books, the ebooks, the graphic audio production, we're getting a Hulu show, like all of the ways I can consume this, you know, world I want to. And I think that that's amazing that this is just a different, you know, option for, for people, um, to get the experience of that world and and to, in my mind, do it in a way that is incredible. It's so immersive. So your, your slogan that it's a movie in your mind, uh, to me is pretty spot on. Thank you. No, I'm thank you for getting our vision. That's awesome. It's really, you know, sometimes we're just kind of like, what? You don't understand though. Yeah. You got it. That's great. That's great. I'm so glad. And so that's the thing I've slowly been seeing some um, talk just like on my social media feeds and on TikTok where people are becoming aware of graphic audio through various series. And so to me, that's wonderful where uh, we're seeing more and more people recognize the amazing work that you all do at Graphic Audio. We're so thankful to have sort of a peek behind the curtain today into how everything comes to be. And just to remind our listeners, where can they find uh, things for graphic audio online? Um, what's your website and, and social media and things like that? Graphicaudio.net. It's a www.graphicaudio.net. Um, we are on Twitter, handle Graphic Audio, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Um, just graphic. And we also have a fabulous YouTube channel that just plays a ton of our samples. So you can just like get previews of all of our books. Um, so I check that out. So it's a lot of fun to check that out. Too. Um, trailers and things. Amazing. I can't thank you both enough for coming to chat with us today. This is absolutely incredible. I'm so glad we got to hear some of the insight into the process and just the thought and care that goes into each production and also got some extremely exciting news about what's to come from graphic audio that I will um, probably not recover from for at least <laughs> 24 hours. Thank you, Emma, Joe, and Jill. It has been such a pleasure to chat with you today. Yes, thank you guys. Thank you so much for having us on today. And we appreciate we appreciate people like you who understand us and get a thank you so much. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah thank you so thank much. You. You're so welcome. And again, like I just when I we find something we love, we want to share it and make sure that other people know that it's out there. So uh, for our listeners, be sure to check out Graphic Audio. You can also request all the graphic audiobooks from your local library. Um, listen to this content and let us know what you think. And thank you again so much. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode on Overdrive.com and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an evergreen podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcast.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Emma Dwyer, Jill Grunewald, and Joe Skelly, and presented by Overdrive. To learn more, visit professionalbooknerds.com. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Burn the Boats from Evergreen Podcasts. I interview political leaders and influencers, folks like award-winning journalist Soledad O'Brien and conservative columnist Bill Kristol about the choices they confront when failure is not an option. I won't agree with everyone I talk to. 
but I respect anyone who believes in something enough to risk everything for it. Because history belongs to those willing to burn the boats. Episodes are out every other week wherever you get your podcasts.